Welcome to Drone Law Pro Radio. Visit dronelaw.pro where Part 107 pilots become Part 107 professionals. Here's your host, drone attorney Enrico Schaefer. Welcome to Drone Law Pro Radio and this edition of From the Ground Up. And this is a joint effort by Drone Law Pro and Drone Life. DroneLife.com is a leading source for information on the web for everything SUAS. Today, we've got a really interesting show because we're bringing on Jason Harrison. Jason is a Michigan-based Part 107 drone pilot, and he was the subject of a little bit of media last year when the uh, park police of the municipality in Genesee County, Michigan, um, came up to him while he was flying his drone in the park and ultimately uh, confronted him over his drone use. There was a ticket issued, there was property confiscated, and ultimately um, this whole incident became a really good discussion point for not only the, the, the county board members in, in Genesee County, but around the state as to what, at least in Michigan, municipalities can do in terms of regulating drones. Now, historically, we've always thought, well, the FAA's view of the world is that they control the airspace. So once a drone is in the air, uh, no state or municipality can regulate that those operations. But that if the municipality, say a park, owns the, the ground, which they do, that they can regulate how uh, drones are take off and land. So they could say, we don't want any drones taking off or landing from within the park. They can't do anything about the drone in the air. The drone could fly over the park, but the drone can't actually take off and land from in the park. The operator can't be standing in the park when they do that. Well, in Michigan, there was a statute passed, MCL 259.305, and we'll talk about that as we go through this incident with Jason, but in Michigan, which is a very pro-drone state, the legislature passed a, a statute which effectively barred municipalities from regulating the operation and the use and registration of drones. Now, the, the good news here is that the state of Michigan uh, seems to take the view of the FAA that number one, they should be the ones that are regulating drones, but number two, that you can't have this patchwork of regulations going from one city to the next, from one county to the next, because drone pilots will never be able to keep up. That a uniform system for regulating and legislating drones is really critical for UIS integration. So with that background, let me introduce to you Jason Harrison. Jason, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Good, good. Hey, Jason, uh, before we get into this incident in Genesee County, Tell our listeners a little bit of how you got involved in UAS. All right. Well, thanks for the intro. I think you did a, uh, a great job laying out uh, uh, the landscape here in Michigan. But myself, I uh, started out as a hobbyist. I uh, bought a Mavic Pro, um, and uh, I happened to uh, also be a, uh, a career firefighter. And as I began to use this new drone, I thought of all these uh, incidents we've had uh, in the past where uh, Having a drone would have really uh, helped us complete our mission better as uh, firefighters. And so uh, I was instrumental in starting a drone program for uh, the department. Excellent. And so, and so like, I so uh, got my part 107 and uh, yeah, go, I'm sorry, go on. 
yeah, as you say, like so many people, you, you, you know, you kind of stepped into it because it was interesting as a hobby and then it became something more. And then uh, tell the listeners, then you went out and got your part 107. Yeah, so I went on and I got my part 107 and uh, became a, uh, you know, commercial drone pilot. And then also uh, we had a problem at work where we needed our other firefighters to get their license as well. So uh, I took on a role as an instructor and teach other firefighters and police officers how to pass their part 107. And it's gotten to be kind of a regional thing where I've gone to other departments in Southeast Michigan and taught uh, other other people in public safety, uh, kind of just teaching the basics of chart reading and weather and all the various uh, all the various parts of their Part 107 so they can go take the exam and, and pass it on their first try. And it's yeah, been quite so successful. One of the interesting things about you, Jason, is that you're in public safety, and yet you had this encounter with public safety. And I think we can all understand and appreciate that, you know, that this is a challenging area for, for safety officers, for police, for park personnel who may not understand how all of this works, right? But instead of just being a, a drone pilot out there doing your thing in the park, you've got this special position and special relationship where you actually are in the public safety game and you understand the benefits of drone. And from my point of view, that really made you a really good spokesperson for UAS. Unfortunately, the circumstances here kind of propelled you to the front of that discussion. So let's just set the stage here. So you're flying your drone at a park in Genesee County, Michigan you have this encounter with the park police. What were you doing when you were approached? So there was a, uh, um, this was Christmas time. And at this particular park, they operate a steam engine during Christmas time. And I was trying to film the, uh, film the steam engine on one of its uh, runs. And uh, then I was approached by an officer and he was uh, rather polite and friendly. And really so was I. He says, essentially, uh, hey, you can't fly here. And uh, I was really apologetic, and I said, "Hey, I, you know, I'm sorry about that, but I'm pretty smart when it comes to drone laws, and I did not know that it's against the law to fly here." And he says, "Well, it is." So he got out of his car, and we chatted a little bit. And I just asked, uh, you know, can you show me where that's written? And I already knew what the park rule said, and the park rule did not apply to drones, in my opinion. It stated that you had to be in an airplane or in the hot air balloon or in a parachute. And then it prevented you, if you were in one of those things, from ascending or descending over the park. So it didn't apply to drones. And then on top of that uh, is Michigan's uh, drone preemption law, which even if they had a rule that applied to drones, it, it would be unenforceable. So this so he, is really let's, 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 take, let's take a look at the statutes now here before we get into the next part of the story, just so that the uh, listeners have some context. So what Jason is referring to is the park has, as most parks do, a set of, of rules that are available online. And in Genesee County, they had this section 23, balloons, airplanes, and parachutes. And it says, no person shall make any ascent or descent in the word in any balloon, airplane, or parachute on any land or waters administered under the jurisdiction of the, of the Park Commission. And that's what Jason's referring to as this ordinance that was being wielded against him. Clearly, it, it only applies, and it was probably passed back before there were even drones, right? But it was passed to keep people from taking off and landing their airplanes, their hot air balloons, 
uh, or parachuting into the park and landing in the park. Now, how did the conversation go from there, Jason? Uh, that officer kind of retreated to his car to to research, you know, to find the, the, the rule for me. And then he called back up. And that brought lots of, lots of police cars. So initially it was just one more, but in the end there were probably half a dozen officers that uh, ended up converging on the scene, which was kind of surprising to me. I mean, I'm certainly not a hooligan. Like I'm a, a clean cut professional looking person and, you know, was in no way like a threat or anything to these officers. But uh, the That's second officer, uh, when he arrived, he, uh, he was pretty wound up already. And, uh, he came over with his booklet and he read part of the law. He says, Hey, this is ascending or descending right here. And, uh, I was trying to get some clarification from him. And, uh, you know, he's kind of, uh, you know, acting like the guy that's very much in charge. And I just politely said, Hey, can I ask you a question? And he said, yes. And I said, am I in an airplane? And he, at that point, uh, it was only about 10 seconds later, maybe he told me to turn, turn around, put my hands around it back and he arrested me, which so was Jesus, really surprising to me. Yeah. Let me ask you here. So was, at what point did you bring the drone down during all of this? Oh, that's a great question. So uh, in between the time I talked to the first officer and the second one arrived, there was probably four or five minutes. In that time frame, I went ahead and uh, brought the drone down and, and landed it before the uh, second officer arrived on scene. And the first officer, you know, he was busy in his car. He didn't really say anything to me. I just did it on my own. So one of the really fascinating things about this, Jason, um, which is just so, I think, so interesting when you listen to the conversation of the police officers because they didn't know they were being recorded. What happened is that when they confiscated Jason's drone, they accidentally hit record once they got back to the, the police cruisers. And so it appears, I think, like everything got recorded all the way up and through that point into the police station and you can hear the police officers talking and you can hear the way that they scale up on Jason. Uh, clearly the fact that Jason asked that question seemed to be a trigger for the one officer that caused him to essentially want to throw you into jail. Um, the, if anyone's looking for that, it's uh, take a look at YouTube jacuzzi bus guy has the video and the audio posted. Uh, were you surprised when you uh, got the drone back, Jason, and this was what was recorded? Yeah, I, uh, you know, up until, because the, they had my equipment for about a month, and uh, in that time frame, I was, I was not real happy with how things had transpired and thought it was, you know, that they acted kind of inappropriately. But uh, when I, was able to see the footage that was recorded on my iPad. Those officers made it themselves uh, having, I would say, uh, I, I don't know exactly how to describe the conversation, but certainly unfriendly towards me. It kind of rekindled the fire inside me to make sure that uh, that this issue gets handled appropriately, that the, the, the park changes their stance on drones. Yeah, and we'll post that link to the YouTube video with this, with this uh, interview because it really is fascinating. You can see you know, I don't want to use the word abuse of authority because perhaps it's not to that level, but by, well, you always tell drone pilots is look at it. If you get approached, these police officers, the safety personnel oftentimes don't understand what the rules are. You'd be polite. You advise them as to what the law is, that your light is lawful. You bring the drone down. 
Jason, you did all of those things and they still handcuffed you and hauled you off to jail. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Um, well, I'm 40 years old and it's the first time I've ever been in handcuffs. And uh, if this has not happened to you before, I'll tell you, it's very uncomfortable. Um, and they didn't actually take me to jail. They decided in the end to let me go after uh, 30 or 40 minutes. So uh, um, while, there was, while they discussed taking me downtown, they didn't actually do that. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, where were we at? I, I lost well, I was asking how you, how you felt about the way that this thing scaled up so quickly into handcuffs. I mean, were you were surprised by this? What, I mean, were you angry? What, what is it that's going through your mind as this is going down? I don't think I was angry at all. Um, I was really surprised and shocked, I think. Um, if, if your viewers uh, watch the video, I mean, it's only, I interact with this uh, second police officer for maybe just 30 seconds and I'm in handcuffs. Like it was really fast. And I fully expected that he would read the words on the page and have this thought that, hey, look, like this really doesn't apply to drones. Like, this guy makes a really valid point. And, uh, I'm friends with a lot of police officers and I discussed this with them during the, uh, you know, after the incident and almost all of them agree that there's lots of laws we don't know. And when they, when they're not sure, they reach out to their boss. And if their boss isn't sure, they reach out to the prosecutor. And if he's not sure, they all pretty much agree. They would rather let a person go and mail them a ticket later than they would put somebody in handcuffs and throw them in the back of a police car only to find out that the officer was, was incorrect. So I just, I was really, I was, thought it was unreasonable and I was really surprised at the reaction. I mean, because there is a, there is the ability for the officers to give you a, a, a ticket for a misdemeanor. So, you know, they can still give you a ticket. The concept of handcuffing a drone pilot who's lawfully flying under uh, either the recreational uh, standard, community standard or part 107, um, you know, to, to end up in handcuffs, I think, is would be very surprising for a lot of drone pilots, especially when they handle it exactly like drone pilots have been taught. Be respectful, advise of the rules, tell them it's a lawful flight, bring your drone down. You did all of those things, and it seemed like you just could not catch a break on this thing. Um, let's talk a little bit about this ordinance, because I think what we'll, we'll find is that there are a lot of these legacy ordinances out there, um, both inside the state of Michigan and outside the state of Michigan, uh, that, that have language that apply to this type of activity, which, which Section 23 did, which is, it clearly, they don't want you landing your manned aircraft, your manned hot air balloon, or your parachute in the parks, right? So, that, that makes perfect sense to me. It, 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 whether or not a drone is an aircraft, I, I suppose we could debate that, but you make the really good point that this particular um, provision, section 23, is very clear in that it's no person shall make an ascent or descent in any balloon, airplane, or parachute. Did, you know, obviously that's the question you asked of the officers. Did you ever get an adequate response either before or after this incident from the officers involved about their interpretation of the word in? No, I, uh, I never did get a response from them. Um, what uh, people are probably interested about what happened to the ticket and, uh, you know, whether or not I, uh, 
paid a fine or went to jail or whatever. But uh, I hired an attorney, and uh, he's uh, uh, happens to be an expert when it comes to aviation law, which was helpful. And uh, he demanded a jury trial. But what really happened is once the ticket got to the prosecutor's desk, the prosecutor looked at it and realized that it doesn't apply to drones. And uh, even if it did, uh, the drone preemption statute in Michigan would apply. And so he just refused to authorize the charges. Yeah. And as we, and, and you know, thank goodness, but unfortunately you had to get handcuffed and you had to spend money on attorneys in order to deal with the situation. Um, the, the, that's the bad news. The good news is we're able to talk about this here today and we're able to, to educate, you know, the drone pilots are fairly well educated, but for police, for fire, for park police out there, we want them to understand how all this works. It's to everyone's benefit right now. You know, putting the ordinance aside for a minute, let's talk a little bit about MCL 259.305 in Michigan. So uh, a while ago, quite some time ago, Michigan passed a statute which says that uh, except as expressly authorized by this statute, a political subdivision shall not enact or enforce any ordinance or resolution that regulates the ownership or operation of an unmanned aircraft or otherwise engage in the regulation of ownership or operation of unmanned aircraft. That's pretty clear and that's a great statute and that makes Michigan very drone friendly on a state basis, right? Now, you saw in some of the, uh, the news articles that came out about what, what happened next at uh, some of these county meetings is there's this kind of debate about the exception to MCL 259.305. And what the exception says is the county is, is, that the act does not prohibit the political subdivision from promulgating rules, regulations, and ordinances for the use of unmanned aircraft systems by the political subdivision within the boundaries. So here we have the word, here, before we had the word in, now we have the word by. Very clearly what the statute is allowing uh, municipalities to do is regulate their own personnel. So if they have police, if they have fire, if they have park people who want to go out and use drones, that obviously the municipality can create policies and regulations around how, how those employees use drones. But yet even that particular provision seemed to have been, um, you know, warped by uh, different folks speaking in favor of the ordinance at the follow-up meetings. Tell the listeners a little bit about what happened next at a county level at these board meetings and how things played out. Yes, so uh, I've been attending the uh, park commission meetings on a monthly basis uh, since since my incident. Uh, the first meeting I went to, I wasn't really allowed to talk because at that point uh, I, the ticket was still out there, and uh, you know they still had a case against me, and my attorney advised me against speaking. But uh, so that was December. And in December, they uh, by that time, this was the only days after uh, after the incident. They and the funny thing is, uh, they had already written a new drone ordinance, and they voted on it and passed it into into law during that meeting in December. Because uh, I, I think they agreed with my interpretation that the current rule they had did not necessarily apply to drones; it only applied to manned aircraft. So they they wrote and passed a new drone ordinance. And uh, so in January, I addressed them and, uh, and then again in uh, February. And their thought is that uh, 
the preemption law doesn't apply to them is they read subsection two they they read they understand subsection one says says you as a municipality cannot regulate drones but then they read subsection two saying you can regulate drones and how even if they misinterpret the words and they don't understand that it really says they can only regulate a drone that gets used by the county even if they think that it says they can regulate drones i can't get them to explain to me uh, how you know it, it doesn't make sense if you read subsection one and subsection two together with their understanding you can't have a law that the first part says you cannot do a thing and then the second one says except you can do this thing you know it doesn't it just doesn't make sense so sense i don't right so i don't believe for a minute that they the they're i don't think they actually believe what they say about subsection two i'm sure they're smart enough to understand that it really means they can only regulate drones that are used by the county but they're using that as an excuse to go ahead and and violate the law essentially and this is just part of the overall kind of um sentiment that we see out there in the public in the you know in the general public and with some you know county folks and police and, and not so much fire because i think they understand the benefits better than just about anybody but uh you just have this kind of anti-drone viewpoint and they don't want drones if i had a nickel for everyone said they were going to shoot down the drone i'd be a wealthy person and i always tell them the same thing i say you say that until the point where you're now saying when is the drone going to get here with my package right or why can't we use the drone to go find my my son or my dog lost in the woods so until we get to those benefits, it's really easy to be anti-drone, but like all other emerging technology, there is often a tipping point where that flips around. What do you think is going to happen next? Uh, we've got this new ordinance in Genesee County. It's in clear violation of MCL 259.305. Uh, what do you expect is going to happen in the parks there in and around Genesee County? I have no doubt that in the end, Genesee County will rescind their ordinance and relax their rules on drone flights in the park. I'm not sure how much, uh, how much of a fight and how much resistance they're going to put up. The interesting thing is I don't really feel that they're really, that most of the commissioners are really anti-drone necessarily. And like I told them, you know, judges, judges don't care about drones. What judges care about are uh, perceived, perceived uh, violations of the first and fourth amendment. When a law clearly says that you as a police officer shall not regulate this thing. And then you regulate this thing by, you know, putting people in handcuffs, detaining people, confiscating their property. That's, that's a pretty serious fourth amendment issue. And I think that that's what will convince them to change their mind is that uh, they have to make a decision, right? They have to tell their troops on the ground how to, how to react. And it's really, I think, uh, unfair to the officers to have their bosses, the park commission, saying, hey, we want you to do this thing that's clearly illegal. And then the officers on the ground have to make a really difficult decision. And that's, you know, that's really the crux of the issue and what's going to force them to change it. So there's a few different avenues uh, we can take. And um, I hope that they just, they just change the law because it's the right thing to do. Um, we've been in contact. There's more than just me involved in this now. There's kind of a, a bit of a drone community here in Michigan that uh, 
has uh, started to take up the cause. So we've contacted the uh, Michigan Department of Transportation Aeronautics Commission, and one of the things they're tasked with is making sure municipalities follow the rules um, is it, uh, in regards to uh, aircraft, including unmanned aircraft. And they've actually uh, reached out to the attorney general and asked the attorney general to take action against the county. Um, it's up to the attorney general whether or not they'll uh, actually uh, pursue that or not. But that's uh, one avenue. Um, another avenue we can take is uh, uh, we can go to court and get a judge to issue an order to tell them to stop enforcing their ordinance. And then uh, I think the what I see is maybe the most unfortunate way to go about it is uh, somebody else, uh, if they go fly at the park and they end up uh, getting detained, um, then perhaps a federal lawsuit for uh, violating their civil rights is uh, another avenue we can take. Yeah, that's really good. Good points, Jason. And you know, look at municipalities with the, the what really causes them to pause on issues like this is often the attorney's fees they're going to have to spend out of the county budget to defend a, an ordinance, right? So um, the fact that, that this thing is no doubt going to be challenged in court, these commissioners, these, uh, these, you know, these folks at the county level, the park level have to decide, are we willing to spend tax dollars to try and defend this particular ordinance? And you hope at the end of the day, they come to their senses and realize it would be a really poor use of taxpayer dollars, no matter what they think of drones, because they're not going to win. The Michigan statute is clear. Uh, there's just really no wiggle room there for them in terms of trying to get this ordinance to stick. And uh, the statute, the ordinance is going to go down under the statute at some point. You certainly don't want to have someone stepping into harm's way in order to bring that court case. And so let me ask you this, Jason. Um, you know, you had to go through this whole ordeal. It cost you money. It certainly cost you a lot of time. What, was there anything good that came out of this from your point of view? Um, I think the good that will come out of this is that certainly the park will change their, their stance on drones. Uh, I'm, I plan to be relentless until that particular issue is fixed. Um, I, don't, I don't know if, uh, other than that, there's been a whole lot of uh, positive things that have come out of this. Other than perhaps uh, I was introduced to a whole section of the drone community that I did not know existed prior to this. Yeah, isn't that fascinating? It's, uh, and I saw on the UAV legal discussion Facebook group, um, Ryan had posted your story. And I think at that point I was in trial in Miami, but uh, I followed it closely from afar. And uh, you do end up getting connected with a lot of folks in the Part 107 community as a result of these incidents. And hopefully something will come of that. And hopefully they will come to their senses and simply embrace drone use rather than try and uh, get in the way of drone use. One more question, Jason. What would you recommend to a drone pilot who has the same kind of encounter that you had? Is there anything that, that they should be doing, thinking about anything that you would have done different in hindsight? I think other people should, in the same sort of scenario, should probably do things pretty much like I did. First of all, I, I, uh, 
I wear an Apple watch and it has a recording app. So I was able to record prior to uh, just prior to this incident taking place. And I think uh, if you're going to have an interaction with uh, police, it's a good idea to record that interaction if you're able to do so. And then really once, once they've made up their mind and they're going to arrest you, I think the best thing you can do is stop talking. Yeah, that's a, you know, that seems to have gotten, gotten you in trouble, even though I think you didn't say anything that dramatic. Uh, we all know that uh, oftentimes police officers do not like uh, to be challenged on their authority. And clearly they thought you were challenging them on their authority. Uh, and that triggered some, some bravado on their part. Today we've been on Drone Law Pro Radio speaking with Jason Harrison. Jason, we really appreciate you being on the show today. We wish you all the best moving forward and come back and visit us sometime and tell us how this story turns out. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. That's it for Drone Law Pro Radio for today. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Drone Law Pro Radio. Visit us at dronelaw.pro. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on most podcast listening platforms, including your home devices, by searching Drone Law Pro. Don't forget to share this podcast on your social media and with your Part 107 friends. Until next time, fly safe.